0: Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. Your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today our guest is Joel Nelson. Joel. Today, we're gonna to talk about a topic near and dear to your heart, but first, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. These are always fun.
0: You're a prepper. You have a uh, one of those big bunkers in your backyard. No, not that kind of prepper. Not that kind of prepper, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're talking prepping for ice fishing today. Yeah. It's September. People are kinda of getting fired up. The temperatures are dropping. It's, it's like 50 degrees outside right now, so yeah. things have turned quickly. We're probably going to get some warm temperatures before the ice comes down again, but uh, definitely people are thinking about it. Tell me about what you're thinking about right now.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking ice. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm a big hunter. I'm a big outdoors person. I love spending time out, out in the woods in the fall, whether it be grouse hunting, deer hunting. That's important to me. But ice is uh, yeah, it's one of the crown jewels, I'd say. I really love ice fishing and if I go straight from grouse and pheasants and whatever upland hunting I do to deer and then straight into ice um, I hit first ice feeling like a greenhorn wet behind the ears um, don't know how to drop a lure what's this auger thing I mean it feels it's weird to say because I've been doing it a long time but I feel the same way about turkey hunting I feel the same way about deer hunting I I am big into getting ready for it, so this time of year, leading all the way up to mid-November, I'm, I'm doodling. Doodling in the garage, getting things ready, and just generally prepping for the season to come.
0: So what kind of things should people be doing right now? It's, it's September. We've got 60, maybe 90 days yeah. before you're going to be stepping out there. Yeah. What are some things that, that they should be doing right now?
1: Um, right now, you got a little bit of time
0: right and so this is heavy equipment time um this is
1: time to look at your portable your auger your ice electronics and i usually do it in that order i look at my portables and what i've got in the fleet Uh, what kind of condition are they in do i need to replace anything is anything broken do i need to buy something altogether new And I usually do that with the shelters first then move on to the auger. You know, battery augers nowadays are are the rage and that's what I'm using. I had a battery powered auger so I'm not as worried about getting my gas powered engine into service. But if I do have a gas powered engine, I wanna make sure that sucker starts, right? Um, I wanna make sure my blades are in good working order if I need to order more sets. Everything about right now is ordering right for that big ticket stuff Electronics the same way Um, What condition are my batteries in? what am I gonna run how many different units? What what do they look like? Are they beat up? Do they need replacement parts right now? You have the service centers to yourself Nobody I can swear nobody right now is doing those things so you need replacements Warranty service just to talk to customer service. How does this put back together? What do I need to do here? What do I need extra? now is the time and it's hard to be excited for the big ticket stuff now but like right now is when you get those things lined up such that especially in a COVID year where things are already starting to get picked clean with so many different parts of the outdoors world you get first dibs and you get your stuff taken care of
0: yeah that's one thing that uh I think people, maybe if they don't do a lot of fishing in the summer, are going to be shocked when they start showing up in the store in November because there was definitely a lot of shortages for products out there. I have a friend who owns an archery shop. I was there last night, so we're talking early September and those guys were working at 11 o'clock last night because everybody you know openers next week oh yeah so now we bring our bow in instead of two months ago all right so if you want to get your stuff and not have to wait because sure those guys are working late to get everybody's stuff done but there are definitely going to be some guys that probably aren't going to have their bow ready for opening oh day. yeah so
1: it's, yeah same way for ice if you show up late to the party there may not be a party for you to go to and at, at the end of the day, uh, when you start talking about COVID and what it's done in terms of people buying things, I was just at a couple of different big box retailers uh, looking for muzzle loader supplies of all things. And by the way, most of those are pretty picked over too. But one thing I'm observing is because the summer stuff has sold out so well, they're starting to set ice stuff now because they've run out of summer things to stock. Mm-hmm. And they're putting that stuff out there now and there's gonna be a run on that stuff because it's there to buy, it's available, people that ice fish, will go and gravitate towards it, buy it. And again, I think if there was any year where it was good to be a doomsday ice prepper,
0: this is the year to do it. This is the year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made a couple of retailer visits last week too and it was the same thing you're seeing. Ice stuff being set right now, yeah. which is great for the ice angler. It's already there yeah and, and things are set up and people are thinking ice. Um you talked about going through the shelters and the big stuff. yeah How about how about rods, reels and that that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, for me that comes a little bit later. Um I'm not a big enough ice nerd to, uh, middle of summer, dip into the ice fishing stock. And I do enjoy the falls, like I've said. Um, for me, that can come either just before deer, deer season or if deer season ends early, like it, it
0: uh, can. Uh, yeah, you're tagged out. You kill first day, opening day. You're done. That happens every year, right?
1: <laughs> you no, know, not every year. I, that's why I <laughs> pause, right? You're good, nice observation. But, no, I, I get... the the rods and the reels and the line and things like that. Sometimes I'll order it early, but I might not assemble it till just before. That's really the last achievement that I feel, hey, once I get my rods together and my, my boxes put together, that's when I really feel like, hey, I'm ready to go ice fishing. So I'll wait on that a little bit. One thing I will do though, is you'll start to see about now a lot of new lure releases, companies putting out new baits. Um, And you're gonna see the availabilities of those in in good supply, both at retail and online. And I'll use a mix of retail shopping and then some real targeted online purchases to make sure that I've got the size, the color, every little nuance dialed in on those baits so that again, I I don't show up to a Lake of the Woods trip in January hoping that some place, God knows where on my drive up, has the exact color, shape, size that I'm looking for because you might get lucky, but odds are probably not, especially in a year like this. So I, I guess I go from rods and reels and, and line and things like that, um, and maybe baits a touch earlier to make sure I get the, the specifics that I really need.
0: Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's yep. crack into that. What kind of baits are you looking for you're you're getting making sure that your tackle box has all the bullets that you need for yeah, for the winter time right how do you shop for that stuff so if somebody wants to go shopping yep. to fill that jig box to, mm-hmm. to fill everything up how do you what's your strategy and, and how should should people go about doing this you know i'm an optimist
1: when it comes to this stuff and I, I tell myself that well this year i'm really going to focus hard on fishing Uh, A certain kind of bait in a certain kind of way for a certain species Um, and I'll pick like 10 of those things. Well that's not realistic. Most anglers let's say you haven't done a lot of rip and rap fishing or let's say you haven't done much with uh, jigging spoons for panfish. Take one of those things and say hey this is the year I'm gonna do this. Get the equipment, get the right rod for the job, the right line to match. If it's heavy metal panfish on on bigger spoons, uh, make sure you have an ample supply of bait. Make sure you have the colors that you think panfish are going to want in the bodies of water you fish. I'll take one technique and really try and hone in on it that I want to get better about. But for the rest of it, it's all about inventory. So when I say prep and and doomsday prepping, for me, it's taking photos. I take uh, take my cell phone out, just grab this thing, take a bunch of photos of my boxes. And then I'll sit there and I'll look at that and think, huh, well, I've got a lot of these, but I never use them. What do I use, man? What are my staples? What are my flour, butter, and eggs Mm -hmm. of my tackle box? And then I'm gonna lose more of that. I'm gonna use more of it and I'm gonna lose more of that. And for me, that is tungsten jigs and 64 32nd ounce varieties, a lot of real buggy patterns and buggy looks mixed with bright colors so I'll go with blacks and browns and the real natural side of things for clear body water uh, and then the really bright ones for murkier waters on walleyes and perch it's 8-ounce spoons it's a ton of 8-ounce spoons now I've got sizes ranging up to a half ounce that I barely if ever use but man I'm gonna use and lose a lot of 8-ounce spoons this year and that's just the nature of the beast so I replace my staples I pick one thing that I really want to get good at I get totally dialed in for that And that's a good year for me, and that's kind of how I prep.
0: What's your favorite spoon? (laughs) Don't (laughs) tell everybody, though, they won't be
1: able to find it. (laughs) Um, I look at spoons in two ways. Um, Spoons, to me, are the lead variety with a rattle in it, like the buckshot rattling spoon. Probably the number one spoon of all time. Catches so many fish no matter where I'm at. Um, That rattling spoon, though, is more of a dumb waiter. It's a bait delivery system. It's something that I send down, the rattle attracts fish, the color pattern is important on clear bodies of water like Mille Lacs. Uh, but the bait on it is what really does the job. But then there's flutter spoons, and there's so many different good flutter spoons out there. Um, you've got the original Castmasters, and you've got the Slender Spoons, and you've got all kinds of baits today. Um, God, I, I can't even, I, I can see them all in my tackle box. There's just a million names of different kinds, and all of those, are attractor spoons. Those are flash and flutter and roll, and when the bite is a little tougher, um, when that bait kind of sashays down in front of a walleye's face, that's what seals the deal on it, not so much a rattle like with the buckshot. So um, I try to have ample supply of both varieties, because depending on the bite I'm on, sometimes one is better than the other, and you mix and match,
0: right? Sure. Yeah. You talk portables, you talk augers, we've talked tackle, we've talked jig spoons. One thing that you're also really well known for is being out there in the wheelhouse yeah so how are you preparing your wheelhouse i know you use it in the fall but how do you kind of get things going so that's ready to go for you to, when when the ice hits that's a really good point
1: um yeah wheelhouse prep has added another dimension and added another level um both to my fishing but also my preparation right there's more to do you know i camp in mine so i do have to winterize it right so i get the camping stuff out and I think we've talked before i utilize these little totes that fit just perfectly in all of the the empty empty gear slots in my house and so i have a set of totes that literally they're just small plastic bins that hold everything camping and those go out onto the shelf where the winter stuff was and the winter stuff comes off the shelf and goes back into the fish house so that's a real easy way to change over um the other things is those quick discs those catch cover quick discs are awesome Um, I am getting a new fish house this year I'm getting a new Yeti and I think I know where all the discs are gonna go but the cool part about them is it's just a cheap piece of plastic that's relatively inexpensive Um, super durable lasts forever and I can plug cup holders rod holders rattlesnake reels anything into them wherever I want so a big part of my prep is those totes but the next part of it is where am I gonna put a disc And I'll put them everywhere because guess what? There's no penalty for having a few extra Mm -hmm. and they take up no room and no space or flat to the wall. Who cares? Uh, Have as many as you want, wherever you want. And then you can put all of those accessories wherever you need them. So those two things, I, I really do need to dial in on my new shack.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, you use your, your house quite a bit throughout the summer and fall, but there's a lot of guys that are pulling those things out. They've been sitting in the shed. They've been, yeah. sit, they've been sitting you know, behind the behind the shed. Yep. Um, just checking those tires over, oh. bearings, those types of things, because the last thing you want to be is on the side of the road yep. when it's 10 degrees out. Oh.
1: Your hitch system, um, making sure that your chains are in good order, your breakaway is in good order. Um, like you said, the tires. The other thing is your your you know your your system of you know bringing it up and down, whether that's a hand jack version or whether that's hydraulics. Um, making sure those pumps and straps are all in good working order, because like you said, everything's way harder. Do it now when it's 70. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's 20 below, you're sure gonna wish you had uh, your pins. Make sure your pins are in good working order. If they're a little rusty, give them a coat of WD-40, wipe them down. If you need to take a wire brush to them, get some junk off them, do that. Um, The other thing is battery condition. Your electronics are super important. And you know, in a Yeti like mine, uh, the hydraulics run off those batteries. So if your batteries have been drained low over the summer, haven't maintained them, they're in bad working shape, um, you're gonna get half through, halfway through either dropping your house or getting it up and then you're gonna be out of luck without a charge or an external power source. So, checking out the mechanics of your fish house, it's its a big deal. And not just the storage, not just the ice stuff, but just the basics of, like you said, towing, mechanical features, your heater, your propane, your hoses, um, a once through is well-deserved. Like I said, when it's 70, not when it's 20
0: below. And, and the tow vehicle as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's just it. A lot of people, let's say you're coming at it from a different perspective. Let's say, hey, you don't have a fish house, and you go and you're actually able to get your hands on one and, and you get one of these fish houses. Now, what? Right? Well, your tow vehicle has to be in order, too, right? I mean, if you don't have a hitch, a heavy duty hitch that stands up to the weight of these things, um, you're going to have a catastrophic failure that's going to be really tough. Your electronics and your trailer braking that happens through that uh, all that needs to be dialed in. And a few practice toes. Never a bad idea. I mean, that's why it's great to hunt out of them. Like you said, a lot of people do that, or summer camp out of them. You get used to it, but if you're a first-time wheelhouse user and you hook on to one of these suckers and take off, um, you better know what you're doing, and you better check this out ahead of time.
0: <laughs> sure. Drive it around before the snow's on the ground.
1: Yeah, and professionals, you know, um, there, there's a couple different trailer supply stores and places that sell trailers that also sell things like sway bar controls, um, electronic brake controls for older vehicles if needed, Um have them help you get dialed in again now before that rush comes and they have time to work with you on this stuff. Um, seek the help of a professional and make sure that your trailer and you know uh, your hitch is going to support the tongue weight that you got for a tow vehicle. They can help, they can help.
0: Awesome, Joel. There's some uh, that you're doing preparation that we haven't asked you or haven't talked to you about.
1: Um, you know, not yet for ice. Eventually, I'm going to be getting some bait figured out. I like to order euro larva early, by the thousand count, or sometimes even crazy amounts like five thousand. I don't ever go through that many, but it's really nice to have them on hand. If some die or get left in a bait puck, you can throw them out and not feel like you're draining your bait supply. But a thousand count order of red euro larva. Um, I get ready to place that right around deer season. Um, I, I get these things figured out and I just keep a little Google Keep Notes on my phone for almost like a checklist to do things. But bait, I'll be getting figured out soon. Um, yeah, and then that inventory process is gonna start. There's a, a put away period for both my camping stuff out of the Eddy, but also my open water boat stuff where some things cross over. Things like reels on certain rods, um, things baits like jig and wraps and whatnot. Um, those are the things that I steal, beg and borrow between open water and ice, and I love to have two sets. But it's not always realistic because these things can be expensive, right? So, um, as I put away camping and open water, I find things to do that will transfer them over to the ice period and. Yeah, all of those things are really beneficial in helping me get ready, and it's a super boring topic, but it's super necessary, because, Mm. man, like I said, otherwise I hit the ice like a greenhorn every year. I don't know know what I'm doing. If my gear is dialed, I've got a way better chance of being dialed myself, because then I just, everything's at arm's reach, versus where did it go, and what box is it in, and do I even have any, and, and all of those things come into play for me.
0: Yeah, make sure you got your pliers and your fingernail clippers and all those kind oh, of things. Yeah, uh, that's always something that it seems no like the first trip you get there and you're like, oh, it's usually here." Yeah. but it's not here today.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, that's exactly it. Things like towels, bait pucks all those things that you come to take for granted by February because like I said, you're dialed by then, but you know, if you don't take care of it early, you might never have them on your person.
0: Cool. People want to find out more about you. Where do they find you? Um
1: You can check me out, uh, joelnelsonoutdoors.com. That's my website. I've got a blog there and uh, constantly airing articles. Uh, You can also ask me anything on the blog. I respond to all messages. I do my best to keep them timely. Um, And a lot of them become the focus of other blogs where if you have a question, it's probably a good one. Chances are other people have that same question, too. So we highlight it and talk about it on places like the podcast, right?
0: Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Joel. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll definitely be talking to you again later on as the ice season gets on.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris.
0: Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.